Well, good morning and happy new year. Thank you. To those gathered here today, to those who are worshiping with us online, in this new year, I'm excited to share with you a brand new sermon series. As Pastor John mentioned, it's titled Matters of the Heart, and it is about the certain things that matter to God that we see throughout Scripture. And as a result, those things we know should matter to us, including eternity. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be here today, to know that you are here with us. Father, thank you for the love that you have for us, the sending of your son, Jesus, our Savior, again through Christmas, that celebration of you coming near to us so that we can be with you, not just in the here and the now, but for life eternal, forever and ever. And so as we spend time with you in your word today, give us a greater understanding to who you are and this prayer of Jesus, where he reminds us of what eternity is, knowing you, believing in you, that we might be with you in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. If you were with us at some point, as we were leading up through Advent to our Christmas celebration with Bethany was sharing with the kids this morning, Uh, then you heard us within the series talking about how God gave. And that series was built around these words of John 3.16, which says, for God so loved the world, he gave, God gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have what? Eternal life. We see in these familiar words of Jesus that eternity matters to God. And because eternity matters to God, it should also matter to you and me. Now we might ask the question, well, why then? Why does eternity matter to God? And one of the ways that we can answer that question is looking no further than to the very name of God. You see, throughout Scripture, there are many names that God is known by, and each one of those names tells us something about him and our relationship with him. One of the names that he is known by is the eternal God, the everlasting God. In the Hebrew, it's El Olam, God eternal, meaning God has no beginning meaning God has no end. He is the God who was and is and will forever be. He is the God to whom scriptures say, a day, oh, it's like a thousand years. And a thousand years, it's like a day. And so think about that. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he himself exists outside of time and space. And yet he creates us within that time and space. And because he loves us, he comes to be with us, to come near to us, to rescue us, to redeem us, to save us so that we can be with him. Yes, in the here and the now, but also for all eternity. One of the other things that we see in scripture, for example, In Ecclesiastes, this Old Testament passage, chapter 3, verse 11, it says, God, again, the El Olam, the everlasting God, the eternal God, he has made everything beautiful beautiful for its own time 
And in addition to that, he has planted eternity in the human heart. The reason for this is because eternity matters to God, because God is eternal and wants us to be with him forever and ever, he wants eternity to matter to you and me. It's why in celebrating Christmas, we give thanks to Jesus coming near to us, Emmanuel, God with us. God the Father who loves us, us, who loves his creation. He gives his only son. Jesus, who comes near, born for us, to die for us, to rise for us, to set us free. Jesus, who comes to bring us back into relationship with God the Father so that we can be with him here and now and for all eternity. Listen to how the Apostle Paul speaks to this. 1 Timothy 1, 15 to 17, he said, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, full belief. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, sinners like you and me, sinners of whom Paul says, I am the worst, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive what? Not just life, but eternal life. And then notice how he speaks. He says, now to the king, the king eternal, God eternal, the everlasting God, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory be to be forever and ever, that is for all eternity, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Why does Paul speak to this? He speaks from his heart. Because Paul, who sees himself as the worst of sinners, and yet seeing that God loves him, that God has a heart for him, that God sent his son Jesus to save him, to rescue him, Paul understands that where sin makes us dead. Jesus gives us life. And so yes, we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, coming near to us to save us. We celebrate this because we know again the heart of God, the heart of Jesus. That Heart of God is on display in the words that we heard, read, that Sarah shared with us today. Again, if you have your Bibles, if it's there, looking at John 17. Again, these are not just words that Jesus speaks. These are words that Jesus prays. In John 17, it's called the high priestly prayer. This is the prayer of Jesus in the upper room. Some of the last words that he shares with the disciples after washing their feet, after instituting the Lord's Supper, on the night that he is betrayed, arrested, and led away to die for your sins and my sins. Jesus prays, and he echoes here, he communicates here the heart of his Father and the heart of the Son. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted his eyes to heaven and he said, he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him and this is eternal life 
that they may know you, the only true God, the everlasting God, the eternal God, God the Father, and Jesus Christ, God's Son, whom you have sent. I believe in everlasting life. And I hope and pray that you do too. I mean, we confessed it together. We do when we gather together for worship. When we speak, for example, the words of the Apostles' Creed, in that third article, we say, I believe. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Christian Church. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in what? Life everlasting. Amen. Now, I believe this. I believe this is true. And the reason I believe it is because Jesus believes in eternal life. Jesus believes in eternal life. And did you capture in his prayer what he says eternal life is? This is eternal life. What is it? Verse 3, that they, you, me, all people, know you, God, everlasting God, Father God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is not just knowing about God. Eternal life is about having a relationship with God. That's what eternal life is. And that is the life that Jesus wants for us, beginning here and now, and to last forever and ever, to be in relationship with him. I appreciate how the authors of Living a Life on Loan, they say it this way, eternal life is not merely life defined by a quantity of existence that lasts forever, but also by a quality of relationship that is knowing God the Father and his Son, our Savior, Jesus. That is what everlasting life is all about. God who is eternal, who has no beginning and no end, who was, who is, and who will always be, he wants us to be with him for all eternity. And so that means being in relationship with him. And when we're in relationship with each other, how do we grow in that relationship? Is communication a part of that? How does God speak to us? It's right here in his word. We get to hear him and listen to him. We get to learn from him. We get to learn about him. And in our prayer, we speak to God. And in his word, he speaks to us. And we grow in relationship. And so you see, living for eternity, not only does it mean having a relationship with God where we don't just know about him, but we know him. It's also about having a love for God and his word. To be with him here and now is spending time with him in his words so that we can be with him for all eternity. And it's not just having a love for God's word, but I would add to that, it's about having a love for the truth that God's word speaks. Someone shared with me recently, I heard it said that a pastor that cares about where you will spend your eternity 
That pastor will preach not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. In our world today, there are a lot of people searching for what, as Scripture says, their itching ears want to hear. But our pastor's proclaiming what people need to hear. And I believe that is also true, not just for pastors, but for parents. A parent who cares about where their child is going to spend eternity then they care enough to share with their children not what their children want to hear, but what their children need to hear, what God says. I would say that's true for marriage. I would say that's that's true for, for our friendships. It's true for our neighbors and our coworkers. It's true for any relationship. You see, living for eternity, it means having a heart for others. God has a heart for us, but he also has a heart for others. And by others, I mean all people, but especially those who are lost, especially those who who don't know Jesus, or maybe they know about Jesus, but they don't have that relationship with him. Because you see, here's another truth from God in his word. Not only will heaven last for eternity, Do you know what else will last for all eternity? Hell. Hell will also be for all eternity. All people will end up one day in one of two places. Either with God for all eternity, that's heaven, or apart, completely apart from God for all eternity, that's hell. And what gets one person to one place or the other, either heaven or hell, is believing in Jesus or not. Having a relationship, being in love with God and his word, having a heart for others. We who know are called to make God known. Why? Because eternity matters to God and it should matter to us. And so here's one of the things I believe. I believe in life after death. And so if I believe in life after death, and if I believe that's forever and ever for all eternity, then I want to live here and now in light of what I know and believe to be true of eternity. Here's another way to think about it. That line on the, on the screen there that stretches across, imagine that's eternity. There's no beginning, there's no end. Now, this is just a snapshot. That line, it just keeps going forever. No beginning, no end. On that line, there's a little dot. I'm not sure if you can see it where you're at, so I put the arrow there. That's you. That's your life. And again, this is just a snap of eternity. Right? It just keeps going. But that's your life. That's my life. Here's the question that I want us to consider. When it comes to life, Are we living for the dot? Or are we living for eternity? Our life isn't just a part of the dot. Our life in Christ Jesus is about eternity. And so the choices that we make every single day, is it an earthly focus that we have that's driving us? Is it a worldly focus that we have that's driving us? Or is it an eternal focus that is driving us, inspiring us to live our lives? What purpose 
are we living for? Is it an eternal purpose that you're living for? Again, from the book Living a Life on Loan, the authors share, it's been said, you start dying when you have nothing to live for. But what's also true, you start living when you have something to die for. Which leads us to the question, do you have a purpose worth giving your life to? I think those words were true for the disciples who were gathered in the upper room and then again they were there with Jesus. They were in the garden and then they flee and Jesus is crucified on Friday and then we're told they're back in a room behind locked doors and it seems that their purpose for life is gone. But on Sunday morning, they hear the news that the tomb is empty. And so Peter and John, they run to the tomb and and they go to see for themselves the message that the the women have already received from the angel, that the tomb is empty, that Jesus has did what he said he would do, that he is alive. You see, it seemed that they had nothing to live for. And all of a sudden, they had something to die for. What is the purpose that you and I have? Dear friends in Christ, my hope and prayer is that our purpose for life, living not for the dot but for eternity, is the very thing that Jesus is praying for. Again, where Jesus prays, this is eternal life, that they may know you, eternal God, everlasting God, the only true God, God the Father, and Jesus Christ, your Son, whom you have sent. I believe that's our purpose, to know God and to make him known. And so, dear friends in Christ, we see today eternity matters to God. And because of that, I hope and pray that eternity matters to you and me. May this be true for us in this new year and all of God's people said, Amen.